Welcome to the Old Titans. Here we are, guests included. I'm John Paul. The one and only B-Man. Oh, I'm, I'm mad. We kind of went across the table. It really threw me off. Oh, I'm sorry, man. That was my, my fault. Yeah, and we... Nick. <laughs> Get that in there while these two argue. <laughs> yes, they, the order of going around the table seems to really be confusing to younger people. I don't know. Oh, I don't... I'm, always, I'm always second. I'm... No, you're always second, sure, but... Then there was this strange pause where... I probably should have jumped in there. Yeah, it was your fault. I want to blame Nick I'm just used to you going first. That makes sense. The fellas are hired at work missing up a show already. Look at that. It worse sabotaging. Okay. We want you to fail. (laughs) We've wormed our way in the inside so we can destroy you. No, no, it's it's good that you're here. We we enjoy having you here. You know, most of the time. (laughs) Fair enough. I get that. All right, so we are going to break with tradition for our 20th episode. Yes. No more. We are rebels. No more are we starting with the B-Man question of the week. We're going straight to the news. Thank you. Yeah. There we go. There we go. We got some high-tech special effects. It takes me back to the old days before, you know, I stopped doing that. You should get back to it. That was my favorite part. Okay. No, please don't, don't, don't encourage him ever. <laughs> All right. Um, some big news, some small news, some really? I'm going to start with the really? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is anybody here still watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. other than myself? Yes. I just raised my hand on a podcast. <laughs> because that helps a lot. This week, first week of April, and this is not an April Fool's joke, they actually won their time slot. Which, which, I mean, hey, good for them. I mean, I'm enjoying it still. I am probably 15 episodes behind, but I'm still enjoying what I've seen. You're in for a rough patch, then. Okay. The LMD storyline, I think, is is not great, but it's picked up in the last, since it came back from the break. Yeah. I disagree with that. I think the LMD storyline is good. No, you agree. And then it gets even better at the end. You agree. It's going to be be about summer watching. Agree as strongly. Yeah, Yeah. no, you'll enjoy it. It's not as strong as I think last season, but... If you in, if you enjoy Shield, I don't think it ever gets bad like season one did. Okay, so I enjoyed season that's one. That's true. I haven't watched it since season one, so I'm okay. <laughs> We're good. All right. Um, in other news, even though there was a will or won't he, the final result is Manu Benet is returning to Arrow as Deathstroke for the final episode of the season. Ah. Now they are having Stuntman do a lot of his on camera stuff okay. with, with the mask still on. But for the final episode, there will be at least one scene, if not more, where he takes the mask off. And that's what Manu Benet will fly back to Vancouver to film, which is still to come. And that's why he could get away with saying on Twitter that he's in Australia filming and is not there. What's all this and so on. That's cool, because he's awesome. I'm glad to see he's yeah. going to come back and do that. Yeah, and not that it cut out the use of Deathstroke. He's been on there a couple of times, just never taking the mask off. But, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool to have him back. Cool, yeah. Um, bigger news, Josh Brolin. Thanos, Cable, one and the same. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. This one's really weird. Yeah, I found that to be strange. I had to, like, click on the link to make sure it was <laughs> I confirmed. can't just read that. I actually went through a few of them myself. I'm like, you're doing Thanos and, and Cable. Yeah. But Chris Evans did it. Yeah, it's not the casting choice. I think he's fine, but yeah. it's just odd to be so close together. I almost wonder if this isn't a spoiler for what happens to Thanos. Nah, I think it's that Thanos is so heavily makeup. CGI'd and all the rest, they figured, eh, who cares? That's true. That's true. And how often is Thanos going to be around? Do you really expect Cable to ever have to face off against Thanos? Probably no. not. Especially since one, Even is then he the, could do it. one is directly in the Marvel Universe and one is in the Fox Marvel Universe, so 
as long as they're successful on the X-Men and Deadpool movies, you know, it's only Fantastic Four that's sitting out there in, in limbo. limbo yeah. yeah, It's in the negative zone. There it is. It's in the it's, negative zone. It's going to be weird to, like, have Thanos and Cable have the exact same voice is actually what I'm more concerned about. Because he has a very distinct voice, in my opinion. So, like, he does, but he's doing a little bit of a kind of a southern thing with Thanos, and I bet he won't do that with Cable. He's from the southern end of the universe? Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. yeah. He's okay. got that draw that you get from the southern end of the universe. I know okay. nothing about draws. So. I will say, as a quick aside, <laughs> there, there is one crossover in the comics I know a lot of people have been asking for for a lot of years. I don't know if, if y'all would buy this or not. This is a Marvel-DC crossover. Since Thanos was always enamored, in love with, whatever you want to call it, death, mm-hmm. within the Marvel Universe, having death from Sandman, the Vertigo side of things, and doing a Thanos death crossover, that could be really, really cool. Well, at least a lot of people think that. Have Neil Gaiman write it, so at least you have the right person writing it. Would y'all buy that? I know nothing about Sandman, but that sounds dope. Sandman was great. The Vertigo series was awesome. Do you know who Neil Gaiman is? American He's Gods. not old, so it's new. What else has he written? American. He's done a lot of novels now. Um... Lots of novels, lots of comics. Um, Good Omens, American Gods. I don't know nothing about this. Doctor dude. Who, the Anansi Boys, which was a, I think that was a sequel to American Gods. Really? It was definitely one of his novels. I didn't know if it was a sequel or not. Um, I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I'll take your word for it that he's yeah. good. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool. Just thinking about the characterization of death from Neil Gaiman's stuff is so different. I don't yes. think that they would get along. Oh no, I don't. Because she's almost like a teenager. Yeah. Or like a young 20-something. Yeah, she she's somebody, she could appear on a CW show. Yeah. That, that's the kind of look. She's, she's, she, of God. the whole group of that family, she's like the fun-loving one, which was, yeah. you know, on purpose. It's ironic yeah. that death would be the fun one, but yeah, which was, she's a great character. It's on purpose. Um, then my favorite one, we got Drogo versus Drago coming up. Dolph Lundgren has been added to the Aquaman cast. So really, so we have Cal Drago versus Ivan Drago on screen. <laughs> Drago versus Drago, and I this mean, is good news too because DC Comics movies are so far just out there. <laughs> Drago actually makes sense being in this movie. It yeah. probably is Cal Drago. I think it really is Cal Drago. He will crush you. You know. Okay. Put him in a body bag. Oh, that's, that's quite a kid. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> Whatever. You messed <laughs> up your own insult, man. I did. I, I, Sweep the leg. <laughs> edit. I will say the director for Aquaman has been talking a lot about it, getting people ready, and they've been showing off some different concept art. We have people riding sharks. We have undersea battles. We have, I mean, this is visually, no matter what the movie ends up being, I hope it's good. I mean, I hope every movie's good. I'll say that. Even if I don't care anything about it and don't want to see it like Deadpool, I hope it's good because it helps, But which will lead us back into our topic later. But... Um, I think visually, Aquaman is going to be just an incredible movie. Is that that's a horror director too, right? I do not know. Maybe. Well, this is actually interesting because we talked about this recently. Could Flash and Aquaman make a Sharknado? Why did you talk about that recently? It's a real question. <laughs> I get bored sometimes. Clearly, yeah. I, think I think they could. the science behind that is sound. Right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like they can be the most powerful group right there. Like, hey, what come at you with a Sharknado? Multiple Sharknados. So Multiple, yeah. Kick one off and move on to the next I just one. feel like, just, now does Aquaman... A stream of them. Does he mind control <coughs> fish or he talks to them? He talks to them so and how influences do you, them. How does he be like, hey, sharks, get in this tornado? Like, I don't he, feel like that's something... He would something. attract them to a central spot 
and then Flash would run around that spot creating the tornado. Sure, but I think like after that's happened a couple times, he's a celebrity down there. Like all the sea life love him. (laughs) Like whatever you need, Aquaman, I'm there. (laughs) We'll do it. He actually rides a giant seahorse. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. giant seahorse. That's almost great. They sing his praises, you know, under the sea. No, okay. <laughs> We're sitting in Orlando. We have to. We have to every so often reference Disney. It's, no, we don't ever. Actually, it, 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 never, never. The, nope, yeah, I'm not yeah, contract. It's part, it's part of the rules of living in the city. It you definitely is not part of this. Have rule. you not reviewed your homeowner association <laughs> rules, all that kind of stuff? Apparently, I have not. Okay. No. But going back to that headline, do, have they said what character he's going to ne- play? Nereus. Uh, Nereus is one that has not been in the comics a lot. Um, his biggest storyline was here in the New Fifty Two era. Um, he is the leader of the Zebel. They're sort of rebels, but with an X. Yeah, whatever. But ah. these Zevils, um, who are rebels, get it, hey, uh, against the rest of Aquaman's people in Atlantis. And he was an old king that Mera actually used to be a part of that group. And she was sent to actually assassinate and so on and other stuff and fell in love with and sort of as a defector. And so now she's a traitor to the Zevils and... It was all kind of contention, and it was, it was kind so of a cool story. Play a significant character could be, or it could be a setup for like the next movie. It could be, uh. it could be he's only like in a post-credit scene for all we know at this point. We, we have no clue beyond he's Nereus and he's in it. All right, okay. so, kind of cool. And the last piece, the Thor trailer. Thor, yes. the. Uh, I don't know if it was the final Thor trailer. I think this was actually called a teaser. To me, it looked a yeah, whole lot bigger just, than a teaser. Uh, I thought uh, we were going to get 30 seconds or whatever. It was, it was two like minutes. two minutes long, yeah. It was, it was, it was awesome. i, I got to say, the first two Thor movies, the best parts of those movies were the stuff that did not involve Earth, that involved mm-hmm. any of the stuff in Asgard or other realms. I would agree with that. And this yep. one looks like it's 100% in other realms. Now, we haven't seen Execution. Anybody can make a trailer look good, but the trailer does look good. Yeah, I think... I think... Per, we talked about it on our show, um, Part at Work, just saying. Um, <laughs> that, I think, is actually my favorite trailer that Marvel has ever released, period. Like, really? I've, I've liked other movies. I loved other movies. Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy had an awesome trailer, but for what I expected to get out of Thor in comparison to what that trailer showed me, I was like, this is the best trailer they've ever released. I can kind of say that. I, I, got, more ex- I got more excited for the movie yeah, exactly. than I expected to get excited. It created, because a lot of those things you come into pre-hyped, you're like, oh, Avengers is going to be awesome. Sure, they show you a trailer, and it's an amazing trailer, but you were already hyped for Avengers. Yeah. So when they show you a Thor trailer, and you're already like, nah, I mean, it's Thor, it'll yeah, be fine. with the weird director choice, where he's yeah. done nothing but comedy, and then the two Thor shorts, which are great, but they're, very like funny like yeah. comedy you're kind of worried like are they going to make this into a, a silly yeah. comedy movie and yeah. the trailer puts that to rest I mean there's a lot there'll of great humor. action epic yeah, fantasy exactly. looking stuff so I mean there should be humor in yeah there'll definitely be humor so, die hard like humor you're, it's an action movie with yeah, yeah the guy places. definitely has put his his humorous imprint on it without it just becoming a comedy it's still going to be an action marvel superhero now, movie as long as the trailer is accurate to what the movie is exactly true we're judging it off two minutes but yeah. usually it, it give you at least a skeleton of the film in there so actually I think that was what I liked about it also is it didn't seem to reveal all the beats like you get you know just a quick shot of him deal and you don't know what's going on with him where you know why he is where he is you don't see Odin at all 
like is very disconjointed about what Loki's doing. He's yeah. got like the army behind him, and like yeah, for Thor, it's clear like he's in Asgard. Old girl shows up, things go bad. Now he's you know shipped off to this other planet or whatever. But you don't really understand what's going on with anybody else, or at least I don't. So I feel like it was they did a good job of not hitting every beat. So I know okay, this is what's going to happen in this movie. Yeah, which was the biggest uh, complaint about the Spider-Man yeah, trailer? Exactly. Is it seemed to be just like a mini cut Here's of the movie. Story. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I like that we're hoping there's it. some surprises in there still, but it's yeah. it's hard to I would say again, like I said, my favorite one, best one they've done, and I think the fact that they went ahead and showed you this is not Thor from the other movies. I think it was almost symbolic to be like, all right, his hammer's broken. All right, this is his hair's cut. His hair's yeah. cut. This isn't the Thor you've seen. I think that'd get a lot of people on board because. I mean, it's no joke that, you know, Thor is the least favored out of everybody in the cinematic universe for most people. So, just them to come straight out and be like, this is a different Thor, no hammer, no hair, hey, and the Hulk's in it. I think it was a good trailer for that. I love the trailer. What I find odd is, John Paul, you love the trailer, right? You know it's great. It's great, yeah. I, I will say this, just for anybody who hadn't seen it or has only seen it on their, like, small screen, their phone or tablet or something, watch it on a bigger screen, watch it on a television, because there, there are pieces I missed when I saw it smaller. Mm. Um, example, I didn't see Loki sitting on the couch during the gladiatorial piece. That's because they're sitting so screen. far apart. Right. <laughs> just as an example. So just, just a word of advice, people okay. watch on a bigger screen. But I'm still confused. Like, I liked it better the first time when it was called Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, which is the same exact trailer. It's mm. very similar. I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. I don't think... The I, I get it. You know, yeah, like, I keep hearing these comparisons, too. It's, it's got a similar feel, sure, but the first... Three fourths of that trailer is just epic. You're like, oh man! No, I love epic, it. Epic, it is epic. the best trailer. There's one joke. Yeah, you know, it's literally there's just one, the one joke, joke, and it's not. And I don't feel this way about Guardians, but it's not like the toilet humor right. that you don't like about right. Guardians. So right. I get why you would be like, no, oh, this is the style of Guardians. If you feel that visually, way, visually, it's bright, visually, it's exactly. colorful. Yeah, I don't mind any of the visuals from Guardians. It's it's the characters. I could care less about any of them. I don't like their humor. I get it, and yeah. I mean, I could see it the other way too, from B Man's perspective. It'd be like, this seems so similar. I don't feel like you should like it. Also. If you didn't like Guardians, but I get the divide. I, I get that it's not the same thing. It's hard to make fun of John Paul sometimes when you guys are around. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. It's, it's all right. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, well, we're talking know. about movies in a second, so we'll, we'll, we'll bash it. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be something to be said. Is that the only reason you do this show? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> all right. Well, that was the end of the news. So, there we go. End of the news. Um, now, in reverse order, the Man B question of the week. See reverse. See what I did there? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was awesome. Like that. He's a man B. Okay. Did you think that just B. now? Or is that yeah, it was just on the spot. That's how that online is works. Crazy. That's yeah. Okay. Well, this is a topic we talked about on um, Hard at Work last week. Right. Was with all the superhero movies planned out for the next, what, decade or so, give or take? Seems like it. It seems, seems like, that way, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, and, and, and for more than Marvel and DC, from everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's two Marvel, two DC, then Sony, and everybody out there. And Universal Monsters and Godzillas and so on, yeah. Is there just. But we can oversaturate it right now. Is this going to crash and burn? Where superhero movies are going to go away very shortly? My opinion? Yes. My opinion is as long as they keep doing good ones, it'll keep going forever. I just don't see... I don't see anything crashing and burning as they keep doing good movies. And and not just good, but not doing the same movie over and over and over. Which you got into a little bit with the Marvel rut there. You know... Another origin, another origin, another origin. Like, by the time Ant-Man came along, it was just another origin. 
you got to admit, when you look at numbers, Ant-Man has been probably the least exciting. Yeah, yeah I, I could get thing. down with that. I see what you're saying. I think they've made it to a point now. You have a good point where it's not Origins anymore. It's Origins yeah. with the big things and the Captain America ending, and there's a good mixture there. Yeah. It is a better way to introduce those characters because when it was, here's Iron Man, here's Thor, here's Captain America all at one time, it was like, oh, Lord, this world is very small even though you're trying to expand it. But now it's a big enough world where, like, Spider-Man's movie doesn't seem like it'd be an origin story per se. Right. Like it'd be, you know, we the hope first, it's not. We yeah, hope it's not another origin exactly. Story. It'd be the first Spider-Man movie, but it doesn't seem like they need to introduce those characters in the same way because now there's a world you can just introduce them to the world instead of introducing the character. Um, personally, I don't think they'll ever go away as long as Marvel continues to do them because everything they make makes money, and other studios see that and they're like, we want to make money too. So even if not just money though, they make they make critics. Yeah, Happy. it's true. So it's a I think combination of the two. I, I you 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 right. already have a look on your face like you hate everything that's being said. No, I I'm agreeing with you. With what I'm not agreeing with is I think the regular audience person who doesn't know the difference between Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and anything else coming out there, when they see, you know, the Avengers, hey, this is great. They turn around and see Batman v Superman, and then you see X Men: Age of Apocalypse, and you see Suicide Squad, and I'm like, well. Now the movie's not good anymore. Now you're going to stop seeing them. And that's what I'm afraid of, is that Marvel, yeah, they're great. Their stories are great. They're entertaining, and we love them. But the average comic book person that just sees these movies and sees bust after bust, which isn't Marvel, it's not their fault, they're going to be concerned. I mean, DC does need to step its game up. Whether you like the movies or not, the fact that you know they're not making the kind of money that Marvel's making, they're not getting the no. critics happy that Marvel's making... That I believe they could DC could possibly destroy this. I I don't agree with that. I, I made the same argument on my show, where if you don't understand that those aren't made by the same companies, then you're the same person that made Batman vs Superman eight hundred million dollars. Like my girlfriend goes and sees. Batman vs. Superman or Suicide Squad, and she loves those movies. They're awesome because they're action movies, and they're not comic book movies. They're just, oh, things are blowing up, people are fighting, this is cool. So she's going to go see those movies regardless, and she doesn't understand that this is DC and that's Marvel and this is that. And it doesn't really matter to her. She's going to go see whatever the big blockbuster is that week. That's why Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad both make $800 million, even though you think they're horrible movies. See, I feel like for every one Naila, there's another person that lumps them all in as superhero movies like B-Man saying and then doesn't enjoy them because on just a film level maybe they're not as good as they want sure. them to be and then and in that case it does hurt the industry of superhero and, films. And that doesn't mean you won't have some lulls in there um, but even when you have the lulls because you have certain key ones that are so big, I mean go back to the Batman movies whether it holds up or not when you had the first two Michael Keaton movies and then the next two, which we will just leave alone, but that destroyed the Batman franchise at the theater for a short period of time. Superman for the Quest for Peace destroyed Superman in the movies for a period of time. A long period of time. But, but that one was actually more contractual, the long period part, but it was going to be for a period no matter what. But as soon as you put out a good movie, as soon as Batman Begins came out, People were back in, yeah. The thing is, Batman movies are always going to make money. Batman and Robin made money. Yeah. Despite being one of the, I think, the worst superhero movie in history. But Batman's always going to make money. Spider-Man's always going to make money. 
Um, Superman's always going to make money. Certain ones that the entire world knows. Yeah, like everybody knows. They're iconic. Yeah, everybody knows Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, um, and Incredible Hulk. Because of their TV shows and everything else, those are just known. And little by little, some of these others are getting out there. Yeah, I think that's a a good point because you just named a bunch of people, but now you can lump in Iron Man and you can, if these, and Spider-Man, and it's like, yeah, if if there's 20 movies coming out and four of them nobody goes to see, all these other characters in those other movies, people are going to go see them. So you can't, you might be able to hurt that industry, but you can't kill comic book movies single-handedly. DC yeah. can't do that. Getting back to the original point of oversaturation, I remember that conversation going back 10, 15 years ago when this boom first started. People were already saying, oh, there's too many superhero movies. It's ruining Hollywood. It's still going strong. So if it's lasted this long, it's here to stay. Well, see, that comment drives me crazy because superhero movies, they've always been around. Super, uh, superhuman-type movies, I mean, Hercules, technically superhero. Um, John Carter. Fire, we're talking comic book superhero right. movies. People translations from yeah. the comic book. Yeah. Which, 1938, you get you know Superman action comics number one. So next year we had 80 years of that character being still considered the icon, the the main you know superhero that anybody thinks of because yeah. he was sort of first. Do you I think mean, he's the main one now? Today's in age, do you think he's still number one? I think if you walk down the street asking, say, 100 random people on International Drive or something here, say, name the first superhero that pops to your mind. I think Superman still probably comes out on top. Batman could. I think Batman would come on top. But no way, dude. No way. You're, you're insane. Superman, absolutely. Superman is still the most iconic superhero ever. He will always be. He might not be the most popular. If you ask those people who they like more, sure, they might say Batman. They, but yes. the first person they're going to say is Superman. That's just... That's just it. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I, I'm not taking your word for it. I will say, when you walk around Disney or iDrive or anything else, you see more S-symbol shirts than you see bats or spiders or anything else. Just because no matter what DC or Marvel or anybody else have, are good or bad at, Warner Brothers marketing department on getting their logos everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. That they, they have dominated that for decades. Um, from little kids to older Adults, uh, men, women, that S shield is, is everywhere. Yeah, it's like synonymous with hero. You put the S on your chest, a red cape. That's yep. the first thing a kid does. Yeah. I, I don't think that'll ever go away. I just don't. And I, I think that feeds back into this discussion of you can't kill superhero movies because they're so ingrained in everybody now. Like, if you were, if you were 12 years old when the first Iron Man movie hit, if we're just going to talk about the you know, modern stuff in 2008... Now you're, you know, ten years older. You're that's what you expect. Like, what's the big movie? You're not talking about a big action movie coming out. You don't care about that anymore. The Expendables. You don't want to see that. You want to see the new superhero movie. And ain't it Except funny how? Curious. I was gonna say, ain't it funny how even just the regular summer blockbuster action movie have become franchises? Yeah, that's everything. True. Everything you know. Expendables was a franchise. I, I, I assume they'll probably make another one of those. I don't know. Yeah, although Stallone and is out. Fast and Furious. He said he's out of them now. Oh, he's out. Yeah, he's he was out. kind of the figurehead of that. So Didn't maybe... he create it? Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah it was all his idea. And but... I think that comes from superhero movies, though. Marvel. Yeah, people that. want that franchise. So they want to feel more invested. If, it's, if you know this ends in an hour and a half and you're never going to revisit it, you're just not as invested. Yeah, the other like... big ones are 
youth fiction series. That mm. way they know they can at least get a trilogy out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I honestly, here's when it could stop. When Schwarzenegger finally leaves this world and passes away, because you know he is the last action hero. Or they wow. do yeah, a wow. stretch. That was a stretch, wasn't it? <laughs> that, that, was, Sorry, that was. That was actually an underrated movie, by the way. It was. I, I enjoyed it. Was it. Fun. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was fun. But no, <laughs> but you're right. Everything's become a franchise. Godzilla, King Kong, all the monster movies—they're not happy to just make one. They have to have these large. They ones. want a shared universe. They want a shared universe. They want and, in on that. And part of it is because they're publicly traded companies. They've got to show continual profits to their mm-hmm. um, shareholders. They've shown this works. So, even the ones like you said, even Batman and Robin, which is a terrible movie, still makes a lot of money. They can throw out certain names on it, and it doesn't matter. Which to me is also why I think they do need to get away from spending the hundreds of millions of dollars to make some of these movies and taking two or three years to do it and pull it back down to like a Joss Whedon budget from Serenity. He had $20 million to make Serenity. I would say that's a whole lot better than a lot of the movies that have come out. I mean, some of my favorites are not some of my favorites. I think Serenity was done a whole lot better. You know, take $20 million per superhero and spread it out and make a whole bunch of movies and get them out there and don't worry about making it the be-all, end-all of you know, the cinema experience. Mm. Just put out a story that people enjoy. Yeah, it's kind of where you get to with, like, the Netflix stuff, where it's like, these are just, in, these are smaller stories, and it's not, they don't have a, a big CG character that needs to be, they need to spend $100 million on every time they make something. And I think that's a product of it, too. You're not going to get rid of superhero movies because they got so big that they just spread into your TV. And now it's like... Even if, I think, personally, even if the next 5, 10, 15 superhero movies were bad, somebody's just going to look at it and say, well, here's our opportunity to make some good stuff and make that Marvel money. You know, I never actually thought of that, where it gets so bad, like, well, we can beat with this and be yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, huge. The Hulk did it. The Hulk did do it, that's right. Um, X-Men sort of rebooted after 3, yeah. back to first class. Because, I mean, X-Men 3 pretty much killed the X-Men movies, in everyone's opinion. and then Although, actually, somebody here liked X-Men, X-Men 3. Who was that? I want to raise my hand again. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think it's it's fine. I recognize the weakness to it, but I think it gets overly criticized. Age of Apocalypse is better than X-Men 3. Sure, yeah. Well, Age of Apocalypse was great. <laughs> well, I, well right. wait, wait a second, wait a second. I, I also enjoyed. just want to point out, you did say <laughs> X-Men 3 was... You said Wolverine Origins, Origins was right, better. Yes. Because we're Origins end sooner, yes. Origins no, you was more serious than that. I, I get to go back and listen to the... Um, <laughs> but show. yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point, though. There are, there's been plenty of bad superhero movies. And if it was going to affect somebody... Well, there have been plenty Fox of bad ones. Made any more movies. But I think that Marvel keeps making such a great one that the bad ones are getting... Just people forgetting well, about them. And, and don't forget, when we want to look at the range of good to bad... Nobody seems to remember Marvel's struggles back in the 70s and 80s, especially in the 80s, on getting stuff made. They couldn't get anything made. When they did, it ended up being straight to TV. And you had the wonderful Doctor Strange movie. Um, you know, we watched that in the back one day, and I wasn't entirely sure that wasn't a dub movie at first. It seemed really <laughs> odd. <laughs> you had Captain America on his motorcycle. You had um, you know, Thor versus the Hulk. You had all of you yeah. Had, the industry wasn't there yet. They it wasn't were, there. They were making these straight to video quality were movies just they were, they for were the niche fans. So bad. But now 
You avoid Fan Dolph Lundgren. So huge. Dolph Lundgren was the Punisher. 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 To this Punisher. day, my favorite Punisher movie. Oh. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I, Tom, the Thomas Jane one was good. I like Thomas Jane. I did not like that movie. The movie needed work. There was a lot of weak parts in that, but overall, I thought it was decent. And the Punisher actually in the Daredevil show is by far the best Punisher. But yeah. it's not a movie though. It's completion. And we don't know what will, what would have happened if Orion Pictures had not gone out of business gone into bankruptcy because that's, that's what happened with Punisher mm. is Orion was the one that was making it and Orion before it got released hit bankruptcy went out of business and everything they had either in production or done was gone so I mean yes it got, some of them got released out there in limited ways but they never got to really take advantage of it and do more so if Orion had stayed in business or if somebody had bought them and continued development we could have had a whole series of Dolph Lundgren Punisher movies I would have no. been in <laughs> It could happen. On a motorcycle, throwing knives at people. His calling card was a knife. It's a Punisher. His calling card is a knife with a skull on it. It just really puzzled me. It's got the skull. It's branding. Well, <laughs> he's got to get his name out there, man. Come on. Uh, okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> no, but I think another part of this point that we haven't mentioned is like, when was the last non-superhero action movie that was this massive hit that makes people say, you know, See, these are the kind of movies that Hollywood needs to be making and lay off the superheroes. <laughs> Actually, no. They're like the superhero I can't movies. Think of one. Yeah, they've sort of well, taken over as the action blockbusters. I mean, the Fast and the Furious franchise is still doing big, and those are those are action ones. Um, outside of that, I want to say maybe John Wick was successful. I'm actually pulling that up. Yeah, almost in like a independent way, though. That wasn't a huge. Yeah, they only even touched. Yeah, Jack Reacher, John Wick. They all felt small. Mm-hmm. Even if they were, even if they made money and were considered successful with the studio, nobody paid attention to them. They made enough money to even get a sequel, but did yeah. anybody care? Yeah, yeah. You're and talking it, 160 million. That's what Jack, or that's what a John Wick two made. How about Pacific Rim? That was relatively. No, that was not successful at all. That almost didn't get really? greenlit for a sequel until it opened up in China. Like, yeah, that was not good for them. Not good for them at all. These monster movies seem like they got a chance to, but again, they're kind of modeling themselves after what the superhero franchises are doing. So, yeah, it almost fits right in. Yeah, when you have a machine behind you that is Disney, like you're not going anywhere. That's the thing about it too is Disney is so powerful these yeah. days, where your name is everywhere. Especially in Orlando, this buses drive by you, you know, logos on them. It's just insane. Um. So, to Nick's question then, or no, I guess Hollywood's question, is superhero movies destroying Hollywood movies? Like, is it bringing an end to these movies? I, where think, I think they are sucking up a lot of the, the dollars and resources the that could go into stuff, yeah. I think the, you know, the independent film industry is as strong as ever. It's just not a lot of money, and that never has been. Right. It's probably that middle-tier movie. The independents still raise money to get made because they're really, really, really low-budget million, two million-dollar movies. Mm-hmm. The blockbusters are gaining all the money, but those that are in the middle, that $20, $30 million, $40 million movie, that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's your directors like Spielberg that had that string of 10 or 12 big summer blockbuster hits that that's kind of dying off because it's all superhero stuff now, for the most part. Let me try... Like, you still have these big Oscar dramas, they're still going strong, you still have the independent film industry, so, I mean, I think Hollywood's fine. But say The Matrix, the original Matrix, the first one, great movie, right? If that came out right now, in the middle of all the superhero hugeness that it is, would it be as good as it was, do you think? It wouldn't 
I think it would have a hard time being found. It would yeah. get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I'm fine with that. If it was based on a series <laughs> of books or comics, then it would have a better chance. But yeah, it just... I mean, I love The Matrix, the first one. That's what yeah. I'm afraid of. I do too. Um, it really probably comes down to they have to manage their costs and have a great story. It makes them focus on having a great story and characters you care about. Because if you don't, the audience is being pulled so many different directions if you can't grab them. And that is the problem. Movies right now are expensive. I take on camera to movies, it's 50 yeah. bucks. Yeah. You know, so I get to be picky these days. Yeah. So, yeah, that it is destroying it in a way. I will say the Netflixes and Amazons and all of that are definitely changing everything. Between, you, know, you can watch 10 episodes of um, what, Iron Fist or Daredevil or Punisher when it comes out. And you get 10 hours for for nine ninety five a month. So for ten bucks you get ten hours of movie once a year. Or for ten dollars or fifty dollars if it's not just you going by yourself, you get two hours, you hope it's good, and you get it once every two to three years. Um, or go the other direction of the T V shows like say Flash and Arrow and Agents of Shield and the rest. You get twenty something episodes, but at the same time you got reruns in between and it, sometimes storylines feel stretched out. You know, um, Arrow's definitely struggled for a couple seasons with that, of finding its footing. They, they're not telling a concise, set story. It's much easier to do when you have sort of the BBC method of approach, which is pitch a story, tell that story, and move on. The BBC's been doing that for decades uh, because of government control over the you know, thing. They, they don't have to worry about the profit side as much. That um, looks like where we're heading because of Netflix leading the way, but everybody... You know, well, I think the next 10 years in general we're going to see a huge change in entertainment. I think the free TV is going away. I really do. Because like, who pays the television? It's the advertisers, right? Yeah. Well, nobody watches advertisers anymore. DVRs, you fast-forward through them. Nobody cares anymore, so therefore the ratings going down. You're going to see a lot of Star Treks coming out there where, well, the first episode's free, but now you have to subscribe to us to watch the entire season. Yeah. And it's going to happen. I think the next 10 years you're going to see a huge difference in well, how we view things. Yeah. That, that worries me in a way. It, it'll be okay if you happen to like certain things. Like if you are a big Marvel or Star Wars or whatever fan, Disney owns all of that. They're going to make it easy for you to find their entire family and afford their entire family of stuff. Uh, Warner Brothers owns DC and Harry Potter and you know, a few of those franchises. They'll make it easy to find that. It's going to be those smaller things that will be harder to find. You know, where do they find a home? And even if they find a home at Hulu or fill in the blank with whoever's next.com if you've already been spending your money with Warner Brothers and Disney how much money do you have left to spend on them yeah you're going to have to have a subscription to so many different you know parent companies that is oh I'm paying for cable again a lot of these channels will regret if they try to do that because no one's going to pay for six or seven different apps you know the reason people go to Netflix is because everything eventually gets there so you pay your $9.95 a month and you get everything eventually you're even willing to wait for it in a lot of yeah. cases Hulu yeah. is another like I pay for those two those are the only two so yeah I think if these channels started saying well I'm not going to put my shows on these big conglomerates because I want people to pay for my app people just aren't going to watch that stuff you're going to pay for your conglomerate and get the most you can for your money and you just pretend like that stuff doesn't exist because you can't watch it well it's at the big unless unless you have a key property that can grab people like CBS has Star Trek Star Trek Which you don't get Star following. Trek fans, but like I wouldn't 
pay for an app just for Star Trek. But a lot of people will. And if it gives them enough money that they can then invest in other properties to start building it up. I mean, the CW was nothing. Then added on a couple of key shows, added an arrow, which let them spin off Flash, which let them, let them, let them, you know, they kept going. Um, now those are all still free, but mm-hmm. if, if they can have that, if they can go from Star Trek to, hey, we can use the money from Star Trek to go buy this, you go, I used to love that. And but suddenly even, two or three shows make it, maybe I will pay Even for that. to that point, I was all in on the the DC shows on CW, but Hulu stopped showing them. Yeah. I haven't watched one since. Yeah, but it's... I'm not willing to go... Game of Thrones. Searching. It's, it's, Game of I've Thrones. got plenty of entertainment at my fingertips with what's there. I don't need to go looking for stuff. Well, I, I don't pay for HBO year-round, but during the Game of Thrones couple of months, or sometimes only the last um, week of it, yeah, I'll pay for HBO for that one month. They marathon the entire thing. In fact, now you can go to the HBO Go app yeah. and just watch stream all of them. So pay the you know $15 for one month of HBO. I'm not paying it 12 months. I'm paying it $15 for one month. It's almost like going to buy the DVD, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's cheaper. the problem they would have, though, is if you just have that one marquee you know, yeah. Star Trek, all right, well, I'll get it and I'll watch Star Trek. I'm yeah, you'll see this done. spike, and then if you can't that's get... Like, Netflix has done a good job of making sure there's entertainment year-round now where they keep that retention. Yeah. There's people that do just, like you, you buy it for yeah. the month that the next Marvel thing comes out because that's all you really want to yeah. watch, but they have good retention. I think some of these other apps... We're gonna have a harder time when they just have their one marquee show, and it's hard to keep people. Yeah. In today's day and age, though, I guess Star Trek's the first one really spinning this off, right? With one episode's free, and the rest of it's going to. Star Trek is the first one for someone new to come up and try to start from scratch. Yeah, because Netflix already existed and then created the content. Right. Amazon Prime existed, then started creating the content. Hulu existed. CBS, even though they had a website you could go to and watch stuff that been on television, right? It really was not a service that existed. Star Trek is going to be their, that's their key. Their and you think Star Trek is big enough to really carry this? Because honestly, I mean, 10 years ago, I would say yeah. 15 years ago, I'd say yeah. But right now, with Star Wars being back in full like full string, huge, the superhero movie is so right. big right now that Star Trek, I can see going away. It depends on how good it is. It, it honestly depends on how good. There's I, a lot of Star Trek fans. I there mean, is. We're yeah, talking millions I'm of Star a fan Trek of, fans. I, yeah, I'm a fan as well. If the show is really, really good, think Game of Thrones good. Right. If it is that good for people who like Star Trek, they will get a certain number, you know, a certain right. number of million. But we're also viewers. talking one episode. That's it. Game of Thrones. I love the first episode, but was it good enough for me to continue with just that? Oh, okay, I'll keep this one episode. Is great. Probably not. Well, he, I think what John Paul's saying is that if the reviews are good for the few people that are seeing it, and they're like, "Man, this is the greatest Star Trek show in twenty years," then you'll start seeing people jumping on. You keep sticking up for John Paul this episode, Nick. I'm just yeah. making a lot I, of good points. Point. I, <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but it will depend on if they find anything else. If two years down the road, all they still have is all the stuff you can watch on TV plus Star Trek, CBS All Access doesn't go anywhere. If they invest that money and build up three or four or five good properties and I don't know what they are I, mean, I just wonder if that's as good for them as having all their stuff on Hulu where there's already a huge audience pulling that stuff from where there's a ton of people watching it and making your own little channel I feel like you're going to lose more people than you'd gain but do you make your own Hulu essentially that's, that's what you're doing yeah they're making their own Hulu it, it, but just for your shows whereas yeah. Hulu's got everybody's stuff so everybody's there yes. you just you, pay, you get paid to put your stuff on that one thing don't forget the advertisers 
once you're watching stuff online, you can't skip over the commercials. Right. I mean, yes, Hulu and others have done the two different tiers where you can pay a little bit extra and get yeah. more commercials, um, which is okay. Hey, now they're getting extra money. But either way, they now control the advertising dollars. If they're on Hulu or somewhere else, they're getting a piece of each thing, but they're not getting everything. Okay, let me rephrase this then. Since a CBS doing advertisements with yes. this? Okay. Or at least they are with their current stuff that's on there. But for and the, you pay two different levels and one without advertisements. So when you pay for Star Trek, you get advertisements. It depends which level you pay for. Although, since they haven't announced it yet, I mean, the actual pricing, they can change their pricing come September. See, if I'm subscribing to this show, I feel kind of ripped off if I'm paying money and I'm still getting advertisements, honestly. That would no, actually destroy That's why instead of paying seven ninety nine, you pay nine ninety nine, and you get no No, no, even seven ninety nine. I'm paying seven ninety nine. I want no advertisements. Well, then you're ridiculous because that's not how it works. <laughs> There's nowhere other than Netflix, which is already more expensive than seven ninety nine, do you get a show that is up to date. That's why Hulu gives you advertisement because you get to watch it the next day. You don't have to pay for cable. Don't be a baby. We don't it. know. <laughs> I, I know there are people who just sit around doing the math, running the numbers. And are figuring out we need to do this in order for this to be more profitable, and that's who's that's who's making the decisions. And they know that if this Star Trek experiment doesn't work, they will eventually move it back to something else. They will. Yeah, move I, it. I honestly would be shocked if if this Star Trek series makes more money for that station on its own app than it would if it was everywhere for everyone to see. If it was just one show, it'd probably make more money elsewhere. But if it if it gives them the ability to create their own Hulu or their own Netflix. And that's successful. If, you know, 10 years from now we're sitting around and talking about the CBS.com app instead of the Netflix app, it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, that's a big risk, but yeah, yeah I see that, your that, point. That's where they're trying to go. Don't know if they'll make it, but Star Trek is their, you know, yeah. their big property they can try it with. I would be scared if I was them because Netflix and Hulu are so ingrained in people now. If this was, again, you know, five years ago, and it was like, it was one of those, you know, three then it'd be like, oh, maybe I'll do the CBS one or whatever, but... Yeah, I always akin that to the red box, the Blockbuster videos. Like, yeah. oh, we'll just do right next to all the red boxes, Blockbuster boxes. Yeah. But it was too late. People already yeah. said, let's go to the red box and get a movie. Yeah. And that might be the case. That name they're, brand they're is a big out. deal. Um, they're about to find out. It depends on how many <clears throat> other properties are out there, how many other things they either already own that we don't know about or mm-hmm. that they can come up with. I mean, it... Sometimes they surprise us. Sometimes, you know, something comes out of nowhere. Who expected Daredevil to be, A, as good as it was, and to even show up on Netflix, you know, three or four years before it happened? Yeah, I'm raising my hand too now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't help it. It's contagious. But, but, I mean, if you go back enough years before yeah. it happened, nobody expected that, so we don't know what might come out of some of these. That's true, yeah. It just seems like, I mean, and like you said, there's somebody in a room somewhere that's like, no, these are the numbers. I just wonder how much... Like, how long do they expect to go without making any money? Because yeah. even Netflix did the same thing once they went over to the streaming. They didn't make any money those first few years. So I wonder how much loss CBS is willing to take before they actually start to turn that profit. Yeah. Interesting right. to see. Good discussion. Yeah. Yes. All righty. Thanks, guys, for coming back once again. Hard at yeah. work here. Hard at work. You can find us on iTunes. Just search hard at work. You with us now on iTunes? Yeah, we are on iTunes. Hey. We, Congratulations for growing up. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they are <laughs> not safe for work, though. I've been on one episode so far. We get very impassioned yeah. about things. That's, yeah, they're, that's they're, true. On here, we appreciate the oh, absolutely. Um, sticking with our non-explicit rating. Yes. <laughs> Download them and we play them in your car ourselves. on the way home. Exactly. But yes. not with kids in the car. Not with kids in the car. Definitely Correct. not with kids in the car. <laughs> All right. So, 
since we're down to a minute, what's our B-Man question of the week for next time? With the conventions, Megacon coming up, for example, and DragonCon being so huge, are we overexposing conventions now? Is that going to die down eventually? Is this just too big? Is it now going to be one big media convention instead of just focused on one area? That makes sense. That's confusing. Close enough. It's similar conversation to the movie expansion. Yes. Yeah, I get it. Expansion. You get me? Yeah. Right. I appreciate it. So next time, it's John Paul. B-Man. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be here next time, but I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Matt. We're out of here. <laughs>